Welcome, everyone, into Inside LAFC Podcast. I am Max Bretos, and this is a special MLS Cup edition. As you all know, LAFC is back in the showpiece event, looking for a second MLS Cup and a second star on that shirt. So we have a massive podcast for you. Here in moments, we'll be joined by a elite panel of the most preeminent voices covering Major League Soccer in this country and in North America. The lead analyst for Apple TV, Taylor Twelman. Mo Adu, who is right up there alongside him covering this game and also working for Fox and CBS Paramount. And then Bradley Wright Phillips, who is in the studio for Apple in New York City covering these games. They'll all be involved in the coverage of this MLS Cup. We will talk to them about the game, the crew, and we'll even try and get a little prediction out of them to see how this game goes. Then Ryan Hollingshead, defender, goal scorer extraordinaire, will join us. We'll talk about the Houston game. We'll preview the Columbus game. And where does LAFC's spot in history lie now and if they are able to win the cup on Saturday? Inside LAFC podcast starts right now. We are ready to go here on Inside LAFC Podcast, our MLS Cup edition. And because of it, we are bringing in the heavy hitters. Yes, indeed. We're going to go with a big time pre. He's laughing at. Was that you, Twelman? It was me. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, all right. There's Taylor Twelman, who will be calling the game this Saturday in Columbus, joining us. Uh, Marisa Du, part of MLS Season Pass on Apple TV as well, as is Bradley Wright Phillips. And LAFC supporters will remember uh, for his time here with uh, the black and gold and also spent some time with Columbus. But the idea here is we're going to hear from the preeminent voices here to get a good idea of this game, not just LAFC, but Columbus crew. So you have everything uh, in order. So you are ready to watch this game. We start with uh, with LAFC and all you guys feel free to jump in. Taylor, I'll, I'll start with you. And this is uh, a team that is the Western Conference champs again. And we look back at what they were able to do against the Dynamo. Uh, It's been a a huge season, for better and worse, very long. This is going to be game 53. Uh, Just looking back at how LAFC was able to do it, what stood out about how they were able to navigate through this postseason? I'm going to give you two stats that I've had to look at three times over the last 24 hours because it is remarkable that I'm going to say this. They had less than 30% possession and less than 250 passes completed. And in LAFC's history of being an MLS franchise, those are the fewest numbers they've had in a winning game in franchise history. They basically said to the Houston Dynamo, you can have it. We don't care about it. Now, Bradley Wright Phillips was on LAFC at a time when Bob Bradley was still operating on a high clip. They had him on the front foot. They wanted to play very similar to the way Wilford, Nancy, and the Columbus crew want to go about things, but Steve Trondolo has made a few tweaks. They've been consistent from last year to this year, and I find it interesting. I think Mo and I have had this conversation a couple times this summer. They've had five opportunities to win a trophy this year, and all five they've come up short, but I feel like this is the one they wanted the most. They wanted to repeat as MLS Cup champions. They've got a chance to do it. It hasn't happened a ton in Major League Soccer history, I just think it's very interesting, Max. They're going up against the Columbus crew that play the way LAFC came into the league playing, but now they've evolved to being more of a team that will defend low, get in transition, and they've had a little bit more success doing so. I just find it a little bit interesting. They're back in MLS Cup playing in that way. I, I, I mean, I look at that. Yeah, no, no. I just like I like the evolution of this team and. You, you hit the nail on the head, Taylor, in terms of Steve Chirundolo. I've talked to him a few times this season, and a part of, of his response to bringing up the fact that they play a different style where it doesn't have to always be ball dominant, he was like, yeah, maybe that wasn't by design, but we've embraced it. We've brought in players that can support that style of play. They're not as deep as a team, the squad they had last season, which played a huge role in them having success, but it's it's one of the most difficult things to get yourself back into this position. When you're the champions yep. – you always have a target on your back. Every single match, 
I've been impressed by their playoff running, right? Outside of the game against Vancouver, uh, the first game against Vancouver, the fact that they've kept three consecutive clean sheets, right? That's impressive to me because it's we're, we always look at LAFC and we talk about how goal dangerous they are because of Danny Buwanga. Carlos Vela is always capable of scoring and, and creating chances. Christian Oliveira, he's brought in a different dynamic, more pace on the opposite wing. And then, of course, him scoring off a, off a dead ball situations. But in Chiellini, in Murillo, in Palacios, and in Hollingshead, and then I'm going to throw Ilya Sanchez in the mix as well because mm-hmm. he plays a pivotal role in front of that back four. The way they've been able to lock down opponents, and like you said, Taylor, telling Houston you can have the ball. You can have yeah. the ball, but what are you going to do with it? How are you going to create chances? That's what stood out to me. And I almost look at this Columbus side. We're going to talk about them. I know that a little bit later. But I look at this Columbus side, and I think it's an opponent that LAFC would, would welcome because they know that they're a team that is going to be ball dominant, that are married to their identity, which I love about them, but they're married to their identity and their style, and they will take risks. They will take gambles and get try to create unbalances in wide areas. But that, in turn, if LASC is clever and if they're precise with their passing, can also expose uh, Columbus in transition moments. The one problem they'll have with that, Moe, I think with LAFC, I, I welcome also this transition they had in their playing style. When I'd watched the beginning of the season, I wasn't sure what was going on with them. I thought they're so inconsistent. They're not playing the football I'm used to seeing. So I was confused. But now seeing that they've got the pairing of Chiellini and Mario, they've been unbelievable through these playoffs. They've been solid and they can rest on that. But the problem they will have, I think, and like you said, we'll talk about Columbus, is Columbus are a lot more dangerous in the final third. I think mm-hmm. they got away with it a little bit. You can with Houston. Houston play pretty football, but there's nothing up front. There's no killers. Vancouver, they got, they, they got a couple of killers, but not on that level. That's the only problem they might face. But in terms of how they're playing this season and what they're trying to do, I like it. Because you said that I've been on the team where they were trying to play pretty and there was never a plan B. If we mm-hmm. couldn't get the passing going and it wasn't fluid, we're losing that game. We weren't as solid at the back, we're losing that game. Now this team, they can defend for almost 60, 70% of the game. And then they got mm-hmm. a, a goal scorer in Danny Bawanga. Still Carlos Vela, he's still got to have a say in these playoffs. They got those those threats up top, which makes them so dangerous. Can I ask you guys about Carlos Vela? Because he hasn't put up those those huge numbers, but he has been mm-hmm. ever present and he is playing out of position. And when you talk about him, you don't hear him say about playing time or this, that, and the other. It's about winning. How have you seen the evolution of Carlos Vela here in 2023? He's in I that mean, transition place. Sorry, Mo. He's in that place where he's transitioning into a one of the senior guys. He, I'm not saying he's he's real old, but he's you one of those him guys. Old. <laughs> Carlos, you my guy. That's bro. your boy, uh, DWP. You, you, know what it is? you know what it is? He's not the star man on the team anymore. Yes, he's the the main, he's the, the guy. He's Carlos Vela. He's the face of LFC, but he's not the star man in, in the 11 anymore. And I think he's accepted that. It's not an easy place, you know, as a as a legend to to have to, to know that you're you're the second guy now. You you are that guy, and I think he's doing that quite well. I saw in the last couple of games, he's working more against the ball. Earlier on in the season, he looked a bit slow, a little sluggish. And you know, Carlos, he carries a couple of injuries, but I think now he's finding that role where he's working against the ball, he's, he's playing in some passes, and he's, he's just finding a new role in the team. It's not an easy place to be. I think every top, top player they go through a spell like this, especially if you're, you two are both strikers, right? So you could probably attest to this more than I could because I was never a prolific goal scorer. But when you start getting older and maybe you're not as quick, maybe you're not as able to shift the ball quickly to get a shot off, or, or maybe you lost your finishing touch for that season or for you, you go through a little bit of a dry spell, the ability to still be able to impact a game and still be able to impact a team uh, – or force a team to still have to re- react to you defensively is a, is an incredible asset. And I think that's what Carlos Vela has. You, you look in, we talk, you talk about the shifting of, of the mantle. This is Danny Blonga's team. Yeah, it is. 100% is his team. But Carlos Vela still has a role to play, and I think that's the humility in him. He's still a competitor, and he's going to play, and he's going to fight like hell to, to say that this is still his team and that his role on the team is still significant. But I, I look at him now, and he has maybe even a bigger role to play. Because in not being the main man, you have to still have that responsibility to say, all right, this play, this play is on to play Denny Buwanga in as opposed to taking a shot. You know, sometimes you guys know this better than I do. As a striker, you have to be selfish. But now he's kind of playing that quarterback role where yeah. it's like, how can I facilitate more? How can I 
potentially, let's say, if I drop deep, I'm drawing a center back out. It's not necessarily for me to get on the ball and do something special, but it's to open up space for an Oliveira to make an out to end run or a Buwang on the opposite side to have space to attack. And so although his role has changed, I think his importance to this team is still almost intact with what it was before. The other part is potentially this is his last season with LAFC. He wants to go out as the same way he came in as as king of this of this hill uh, in L.A. and leave these fans with something to celebrate. It's an interesting topic, honestly, because I think Bradley and Mo uh, Max did a good job of giving you the rosy side of things. Max, you've known me for a long time. I, I'm going to he's got zero goals in his last 15 appearances. I don't know if he's embraced the role. I don't. I really don't. Fair. I don't know. He, he, the conversation that he's being played out of position, I don't even know if that's true because I don't think watching Christian Oliveira play, Carlos Vela can't play in that manner wide right anymore. He's not as an electric player that he was in 18 and 19 where we, we all loved him when he played for LAFC and scored 37 goals in a calendar year. I've been a little disappointed with Carlos because I think Carlos, because of Bawanga and Oliveira, could be more impactful with the goals, the final product. He's got the ability with his left foot to pull a rabbit out of his hat. I get that. I just haven't seen it. I haven't seen it in 15 games. I get it. He may have four or five assists in those games. But I think Steve Trundolo in LAFC on Saturday for MLS Cup, they've got to get something for Carlos Vela. Otherwise, they don't win. I get Bawanga. I get Oliveira. The way Columbus plays, a false nine could be a real nightmare for them. Carlos Vela has to take advantage of that. He wasn't great against Seattle. Was it turf? Whatever it may be, he has not been as impactful in the final third that I think he should be because of Bawanga and Oliveira in that pace. And even you could see it with Ilya Sanchez at times, Kellen Acosta at times. There's frustrations too strong of a word, but you know what I'm trying to say? They want a little bit more from Carlos Vela and it doesn't need to be explosive, but it's got to be dynamic. Those are two different things. I think he could be more dynamic as a false nine. And quite frankly, I think he's the X factor in the attack for LAFC on Saturday. I'd like wow. to see him look like, like a Firmino. You remember Firmino? Yes. The goal, it wasn't, it wasn't all about goals for Firmino, but yes. he's having real impact in the game. I think Carlos, can help in that way. But I will say that he he has embraced it just because I don't see him getting frustrated. I don't see him lazy. I don't see him walking around. You know, as a striker, Fair. one that's used to scoring, you're going to see something on the pitch. And I'm not seeing that from Carlos. Yep. That's and I think point. with uh, with the Dynamo, we saw what a good defensive effort they did leading up to the goal with Sviachenko and Dorsey on Buanga. And maybe that opened up those chances that Carlos Vela had, which one was held offside, one hit the crossbar. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll get those because Columbus follows a similar pattern. Uh, this is an opportunity for a team to repeat mm-hmm. as uh, champions. We've seen it uh, on a few occasions, most recently with the Galaxy. The Dynamo did it. Sorry to bring that up, Taylor. No, it's uh, awesome. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, making the final twice is huge, though, buddy. Yeah, that's massive. We can't take it away. <laughs> How about four times? About well, back-to-back, back, I meant. But How about four three times, times in a row? How about three <laughs> times in a row? Back? Very rare. It's rare fine. My dog air. died over Christmas Eve. Do you want to bring that up too? <laughs> well, you're going to be a good one to answer this, but looking at LAFC being the best in the West again, a lot has changed over the years. Their schedule obviously is uh, much more uh, packed than it was with all the, the obligations that they had. But you think uh, Chicho Arango, no longer with the team. Gareth Bale, even though he wasn't there a lot, was there when you needed him the most. Uh, Seba Mendez, Jose Cifuentes left in the middle of the year. Christian Teo, Maxine Crepeau has been out most of the year. Uh, it, it created a different structured build required by LAFC. But when you win an MLS Cup, repeating's hard in any sport. We know that, Taylor. But how have you seen how this team has adapted to prepare for another playoff run with some of the new players and how they've been able to, to get ready to do a similar thing? Well, I think Mo hit the nail on the head early on when he said this team's not as deep as it was last year. I couldn't agree more with that. I'd actually argue, though, this team's 11 is better than last year's 11 in the sense of where Bowanga is in the moment. Now, Chicho Arango, listen, imagine if LAFC actually found themselves a nine, guys, and had Bowanga to the left and Oliveira to the right and found themselves a number nine. And Carlos Vela became what you see what I'm saying. Like they're not even operating at full tilt. 
because Gonzalez has not turned out who, who they wanted him to be. Yet when the season started, I came into the season saying the top end, Tillman's better than Blessing. Tillman's better than Sapuentes. For me, he's got more quality in there. I think Aaron Long gives you more depth as a third center back than what they had last year. Crapo coming back. So we take all of that out of the equation. I think this year, when I saw, and I was sitting next to Mo, when we lost, we saw them lose in League's Cup, I was like, I don't know if they're ever going to recover. I don't know if they got it. I don't know if they're ever going to get over the hump of getting to the end. But I think the international break came at the best time for them. I do. Because every single time, because of the congested schedule, LAFC got a little bit of a break. They came out guns blazing. Remember the first game in League's Cup? Remember the y- y- the first game of this playoffs against uh, the game against Warren? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like they just, whenever they got a little bit of, a, of momentum or a little bit of a break, you saw the team that you saw at the beginning of the year. I don't know what you think, Mo. I almost felt like it was inevitable that they were going to be here on one hand. But on the other hand, when they lost the second seed to Seattle, I'm like, I don't know if they want to go win on turf. I'm with you, Mo. You said it earlier. Their playoff victory at Seattle, that is a victory that I don't think LAFC traditionally could win. Yet Steve Chirondolo has found a way to get them to win that kind of game. It's it's such an interesting – conversation because I agree with you Taylor first of all uh I I think they've had moments this season where it's so easy for you to just nosedive right because you come into the season as the champions you've had a shift in some of the players that played a big role in your team that have gone out whenever you bring in new players it's like it's a coin toss right you you hope that they're going to hit the strides and hit the level that you expect and that they're going to one-up the player that they're replacing doesn't always happen but you've seen this LAF team kind of kind of go like this in moments, but they've hit the. It seems like they've hit the the perfect form at the right time. Uh, I I also I remember us having that conversation after League's Cup, and we're like, "What the hell just happened?" Right, yeah. and then Campeones Cup after that, and it's another it's a final, and you're like, "Ooh, yeah. what just happened at home? You lose a final, and these fans are seeing another team parade and celebrate on your on your pitch." But there's a certain resiliency among this group, and I think there is. First and foremost, whenever you see that within a team, you have to look at the manager. So I give Steve Toronto a lot of credit in this scenario because he's been able to, one, create a culture, create a, um, I won't say, he's been able to change their style subtly, right? Some of it is because of personnel, but the other part mm-hmm. is when you have players that have been used to playing a certain way, it doesn't, it's not easy to embrace the change, to say, hey, we're, we need to be able to be comfortable without the ball as well. And you've seen that with this team. You look at the some of the players on this squad, they're experienced now. They they have winners who have been at this in this position before. But to your point, your question earlier, Max, about being the best in the West, I don't think any of these players are thinking about that. Because yep. that's conversation for postseason. In this moment, this is that's done with. It's great that they've been able to get back to the top of the mountain in the West, but they don't care about that. They want to be back at the top of MLS. That's what this LAFC culture is shaped around it's not just about having success in in segments and in sections and no they don't (laughs) that means nothing to them yeah you celebrate you show that trophy but that's all done and dusted and at the biggest game of the season for multiple reasons taylor said it they had six trophies that they could chase this year they all trickled away but this one not only would you have a chance to repeat but this is your entryway into ccc into concacaf champions cup as well so there's multiple realms of motivation brad that i look at with this game but i just think that lafc are well positioned because of steve chirunlo because of the experienced players that have got over this over that hill last year in this final and they're in they're in the right form that you would want to be in going into the final exactly yeah they needed to they lafc after last year they needed to just get to hit no matter how it looked and this is what i learned about them It, it doesn't matter how it looks I was judging them weekly. They don't look like how they used to. This is not right. He's not scoring. It didn't matter. And that's what I Mm realised now. They needed to get to here with a fit squad. If you look at all their players now, everyone's fit, ready to go. I would say everyone, but the main characters are fit. And now they're in with a chance. And this is all they need. This is all they needed. Look at Philly. I don't want to talk about another team. They couldn't do that. They they went the exact same place. And they just didn't have enough. Geronimo has got into the mental side of this. He's got them here. You said it. When did they go Seattle and win? I've been on a team 
for LAFC. We've gone to Seattle and we got battered. Yep. Battered because it's so difficult. It's not the same team. They got a different mentality. They just needed to be here, fit and ready, and they they got a really good chance. Yeah. And and maybe that is the uh when you when you look at the differences here, I didn't mention Steve Chirunolo, but a, a manager um, learning from year one to improving his game as a first year of a senior manager to year two. That's a significant part of all of this. And I think we saw that with Steve Trundle. And by the way, I said best in the West. I didn't want, I'm a superstitious person. So I didn't want to say best in MLS, but if it, if they win, I was going to bring you guys all back and start this discussion again. So clear schedules. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, when you look at this matchup, Taylor, I'll start with you. What, um, what impresses you? Let's, I think we've talked about LFC a lot. And we'll revisit. Mm-hmm. But what impresses you about the crew and why are they here in the showpiece event? Not only here, but hosting it. Uh, they're here because they're not scared to go for it. And I think oftentimes teams are too scared when push comes to shove in the critical moments. They're scared to lose versus trying to win. Columbus is trying to win and they're trying to win in their way. Now they've gotten lucky. But you create your own luck. I'm of the mindset, if you go for it and you're brave and you're bold, you can create your own luck. Patrick Schulte was some of the best saves you'll ever see against Orlando and then against Cincinnati, and it gives his team life. But Will for Nancy, all week long, Max, for your listeners, he doesn't talk about the opposition. No. We've covered him a lot. That's so true. Yeah, that's true. Until the day before the game. So Bradley, Mo, we've all been in that spot. What does that do to you as a player? You've got a little extra, I'm not going to say confidence, but there is a confidence or an arrogance that, no, we're going to do it his way. We're going to do it our way. It doesn't matter what the opposition does. That builds confidence. That's how they got here. They also got here. Every single player on the field is good with the ball at their feet. Every single player. They're comfortable with the ball at their feet. They're comfortable going forward. They play with center backs in a three-back system that are more fullbacks or defensive midfielders than they are defenders. They're going to go forward. The best part about this final for your listeners, Max, is both styles play into each other's hands. So Columbus is going to leave themselves exposed. They do not want to win a game with a clean sheet. They don't really know how, (laughs) which is why the game at Orlando City was the biggest shock ever. They don't know how to do that. They don't want to do that. LAFC loves to play in transition. I get how good LAFC Philly was last year in the MLS Cup, but for the soccer peers, I think this may be a better final. I think this may be a better final because of the way Columbus go about their business. The front four to six players that go forward, they are as dynamic as anyone in the league, and that doesn't include Julian Grosso who's coming off the bench. And made such a big difference off the bench. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying, Max? Like, yeah. like Mo and Bradley, we've all watched them all year long. Yeah. If I gave you one game a week to watch, and that includes when Messi's with Miami, Columbus. I think a lot of us would say, you know what? I'm going to watch Columbus. Columbus. I'm going to watch yeah. Columbus. And Taylor, and you know what's impressed me with them? Yeah, the football's amazing. Like, it, it's so good to watch. It's the fitness. Yes. It's so hard. They're relentless. I saw in the, the extra They wore out the Cincinnati. They it wore out Cincinnati. Diego Rossi was still running in behind on a hundred and something minutes. There's still you, you know most playing the center midfield just because you have the ball. It's not easy to find those, to keep going, finding those pockets. They're so fit, and that's the scary thing about them. Yes, they're good, but they can do that for the whole game. And then they have Cucho that can score at any moment. It's such a dangerous team. And they're right. going to be at home, Mo. They're going to be at yeah. home. You've and done that's... many games in that building. They're going to be home, dude. And Taylor, that Wait. was the only weakness I found with Columbus is that they couldn't win on the road. And in the playoffs, they win in Orlando. They win in Cincinnati. But Mo, no, yeah. Mo, Mo knows this better than anyone. That Lower.com field for the LAFC listener right now, Mo, it is not Crew Stadium. It is not the old stadium. Yeah. This is unlike anything. It's going to be as good as Cincinnati was last weekend. That's only going to give them more confidence, Mo, and saying, you know what? F it. We're going for it. It's going to be an absolute show at lower.com. <laughs> in terms of, and I'm being serious, in terms in the, of the, in the most positive there. of lights. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Right. But, but uh, uh, I mean, first and foremost, yeah, let's address that. That's going to be an incredible environment for, for both teams. I mean, you two could probably attest it as well. I used to love playing on the road when I knew it was going to be a proper environment where the yeah. fans are passionate, where they're on top of you, because there's no better feeling than, like I said, I wasn't a prolific goal scorer, but when your team scores a goal and you can just silence the crowd, there's no better yeah. feeling. So from LAFC standpoint, they're walking into an environment that's going to be 
it's going to be an environment that you want to be in. But to Brad's point, it wasn't just uh, their fitness levels. It wasn't like they just went to extra time against Cincinnati. They did it the week before against Orlando as well, True. right? So it's, it's, it's madness. Or Columbus crew were in the final because they had the biggest signing of the season, and that's Wilfred Nancy. Point blank, period. Wow. And yeah. with, with Wilfred Nancy, I, actually, he's, I think he's probably my favorite coach in the league. And, and it's because of – and I've said earlier in this conversation that Columbus is married to their style. Yeah, they are. But the ability to create an environment to allow your team to fail in moments. I remember doing Hell is Real earlier in the season. I think it was at TQL. And Taylor, you probably you both you both probably watched this game. Columbus played well. Cincinnati is a great game. Cincinnati win the game three two because of a mistake from Schulte trying to play out the back. Yep. Press straight after the game. What's what's Will for Nancy say? He backs him in the week leading up to the next match. He ran he ran off some stat. They went back and tracked like how many times he tried to how many times Patrick Schulte had tried to play out the back and how many times he completed passes versus that one mistake. And he just supported the kid, the young kid coming through the the Crew Academy and said, you know. If he's going to make one mistake in X amount of number of plays, I'm okay with that. But this style that he's brought in, it's not just a style of play. It's also a culture and an environment. Taylor, you talked about Christian Ramirez and Julian Gressel coming off the bench. These are two guys who were starting earlier in the year. Christian Ramirez coming into the playoff with their second leading goal scorer. Now he's been relegated to the bench. Julian Gressel, they went out and spent money on to bring him to this club because he's going to play an important role. And in the conference semifinal against Orlando, Julian Gressel doesn't come off the bench. He plays no, no minutes. You know how how mind uh, I almost said something I didn't want to say that. You already did. How how mind uh, boggling that can be for a player for a player who's so used to being not just a starter but but an important player, an impactful player. You've just moved. Uh, you've just left Montreal, moved your whole family to a new team because you're going to play an integral role to that team. Now you drop to the bench. You don't play in the conference semifinal. You don't know what's going on for the conference final. But yet when his name is called upon, he's a soldier. Christian Ramirez, same thing. He's a soldier. And so that just speaks to what Wilfred Nancy has done, not just from the aesthetically pleasing football that we all love, but the culture around this team that they say the team comes first. I'm going to, when my name is called, I'll be ready to come in, Brad. It's, it's just a thing of beauty, and I got nothing but respect and admiration for Wilfred Nancy and what he's done with Columbus Crew this mm-hmm. season. Quickly, Mo, just to touch on that, because it's, it's something I wanted to say. The, the biggest thing I noticed from Columbus as well is the, it's the buy-in. It's what you're saying. You don't get players sitting on the bench weekly and then coming on doing their job if they're not happy. I saw Darlington Nagby crying. If you guys know Darlington, it just about yeah. talks. It just about talks. Kevin Molino. <laughs> Kevin Molino hasn't touched the field enough this season he's crying that tells me they've got something going on in that in that locker room in that building there's something going on there where this means a lot more to them there's a real buy-in at that place and can i also just throw in there right because taylor you were on the call of that cincinnati game or the hell is real game right and things aren't going the way that maybe columbus had scripted it right and so you start looking at some of the subs that get made he wilford nancy takes off aiden morris you're probably, so everyone's probably scratching their head going like, I what was. the hell just happened? What are you doing? <laughs> but because these players throughout the course of the season have played different positions, sometimes out mm-hmm. of position, you're being forced to learn to play different roles. I thought Alex Matan slotted in damn near seamlessly next to uh, Darlington Magnus. Almost, almost better. He, he, was he, almost played better. Right? he played better than it's he was crazy. before he went there. Like, he, so when you, that's what makes it such a difficult ask, I think, for LAFC is because, one, I agree with Brad earlier when he said that, what Columbus can do in the final third, Houston aren't at that same level. I don't think any – well, no team over the course of the season has shown that they were at that same level as Columbus in the final third. But also just the flexibility that these players have to play multiple roles comfortably. Sean Zawaki comes off the bench, can play center back, can play in midfield, can play left uh, wing back. It's just – it's a team that's, uh, that's multifaceted in the way that they can create chances, the way that they can – move you around to create the gaps that they want to create, whether it's centrally in wide areas and overloads and that kind of space. And then the variety of different ways they can score gold, whether it's Cucho and Diego Rossi combining, whether it's Julian Gressel coming off the pitch or coming onto the pitch to start playing service into the box. It just makes Columbus crew a really difficult team to beat, especially at home. Max, what's important though, for your listeners to understand is that Wilfred Nancy is a perfect example that people need to start thinking outside the box when they hire a manager. The fact that nobody other than 
when Tim Bezvichenko called Montreal for Will for Nancy is mind-boggling. Yeah, it's it's mind-boggling <laughs> because we all knew Will for Nancy at Montreal. It's mm-hmm. not like it's some secret that, oh, where did he come from? What he did with Montreal was fantastic. Thierry Henry had talked about him. Yeah. The point being is that minorities, black men, we've got to open up the eyes in the in the Pandora's box of saying we've got to find more diverse thinkers. It's not just who we are, the color of our skin, but the way he thinks. It's remarkable. You yeah. sit down with him, and I've sat down with him for hours now. He's got me second guessing some of the things I said. Now I've given him golf tips. I've given him golf tips just so you guys. I will make this abundantly clear. He's a degenerate golfer, and I'm helping him with his putting. But the point being, Max, important work for Nancy's a great example. We gotta start getting fresher, different, diverse ideas because it makes it more fun. Columbus has been a joy for me in 14 years doing this. On one hand, I'm going to give you teams. Columbus 2023 is on that hand because of Will for Nancy and Will for Nancy only because he made them fun every week. And scared money doesn't make money, and he is not scared to fail, which I love covering when I do. Max, I know you want to. Sorry, I was just going to say I I just love uh, Taylor. You guys, you guys are freaking out our audience with all this Columbus. No, no, (laughs) you told us you told us to give you an accurate picture. We're giving you an accurate picture of how we've seen this season play out. But I, the last thing I want to 100%. say there, and Taylor brought it up, is is the uh, the audacity in the way that Columbus went about bringing him here. I think yeah. so. We're so used to big, seeing in this it was league. A big swoop, Mo. I mean, big they went swoop. out there. Yeah. It was at big Montreal. Swoop. They yes. said, "This is the guy we want. We're gonna yes. have. We're gonna have to do business with Montreal together." Exactly. It's so rare in this league. Yeah. And I love that because we're so used to seeing, you know a contract wind down and then that coach becomes free. And then it's like, oh, okay, cool. Who are the, who are the candidates to fill this? And then a retread and then Mo, it's a retread. And then you're like, yeah. oh, okay, whatever. No, go get your guy. You like him, <laughs> go get him. I love that. And that's that. I just love that. They took that approach and say, you know what? We're not going to wait for his contract to expire. We want him now. We're going to pay you what it, what it takes. And that's why I said he was the biggest signing this season. And just to touch on, because this is such a rare matchup. Uh, they've only played three times. Last time was in 2022. LAFC have had some experience uh, winning in Columbus, albeit with the uh, the old stadium in 2022 and also 2019. So um, this is a matchup that people may not it, – maybe it's a little hard to get excited about because they don't play that often, but for all the points we have laid out, it's a great matchup. I love what you said about it being maybe one of the best we'll ever see, certainly perhaps higher than we saw in last year, where it was the two big clubs that made it through. So we have this matchup now, and we look at the game plan. I will also mention the atmosphere is going to be great. LAFC planning on 500-plus supporters uh, and staff that will be down there to take in this game to give a little LAFC flavor in the stands there, although it's obviously going to be heavy Columbus crew. But let's look at this game plan. And, and by the way, also, just looking out of the box for managers, I think LAFC experienced that with Steve Chirundolo as well. I know John Thorrington got a lot of pushback saying, hey, you're getting a guy with not much experience. And that's paid off in bushels in how LAFC have had these two years. So it's it's a great matchup, a part of all the other matchups we'll have, what's going to happen on the sidelines, which makes it a riveting final. But in the game plan, we've touched on a lot about what we – we know these teams are going to do. And you mentioned, Taylor, that Columbus we're, are going to focus on them. LAFC are going to we'll, – we'll try and put out some traps. But from the LAFC perspective, how do you see this game plan going? Columbus do score goals. They give up goals. They give up goals and they get goals back, as we saw in Cincinnati. Uh, Taylor, how do you see the game plan? Will it alternate at all here from the LAFC perspective? No, I think it, I think the most important part for LAFC is the moment when they win the ball, what do they do with it? Yep. The best counter-pressing team in this league is not LAFC. The numbers that LAFC create chances are from high turnovers, but that's in pressing moments, not the counter-pressing. I know I'm getting into the weeds, but I'm trying to explain something. The moment Columbus loses the ball, because they have eight to nine players in your own half, they've got you on numbers. They immediately turn you into precarious positions i think Ilya sanchez kellen acosta and whoever plays next to them they're the focal point of this team if they keep possession and bypass that first line of pressure bawanga could have a hat trick i mean that i'm not exaggerating 
Bowanga could have a hat trick in this game because if you beat Columbus on the counter-pressing moments, they're exposed. Camacho can't run with anyone. He's smart. He's very intuitive, but he can't run with anyone. He's not physically capable of chasing Bowanga or Christian Oliveira. And with a false nine like Vela, he can pull him out of position. Max, tactically, it's all about the moment. The moment LAFC win the ball, can Ilya Sanchez, Kellen Acosta, more than likely Timothy Tillman, can they find Vela out of that pressure? If they do, game on. Off to the races, and this could be a 3-2, 4-2 kind of game because if you beat Columbus in that moment, they got six guys that are out of position. They're not going to be able to chase you. You can catch them. It's all about those counter-pressing moments for LAFC. You saw in the Cincy game, Cincy almost – they went forward quick, and, and that is what you're saying. Bradley. Columbus struggled with it. And you can almost hit the ball blind. Yes. You could almost hit it blind. They were hitting up to Vasquez, but the ball has to stick. Vela, yep. uh, Buanga, whoever's up there, it has to stick because that's their weakness. I, I wonder, though, for on the other side, is is Nancy, we, we say that he doesn't change much, is he going to be as aggressive? Are we going to see Stephen Moreira in the opposition's 18-yard box? I do. I think so. You still think he'll do it? I, I don't I know do. if he could do that against think... LA. I don't think he knows how to do it. Why? Way. I, I, why, <laughs> why, why don't you exactly? think he? Yeah. Then he I, I, what, what I think, uh, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, Brad, um, as to when you look at the opponents they've played down this stretch of games, you know, who poses the same threat as Denny Bawanga? This will come down to, I think this, I think this will be going to Wilfred Nancy's mindset as he's choosing again between Mo Farsi and Julian Gressel and why I think the nod will go to Mo Farsi. Because Mo Farsi has more pace, I think. Yeah, but hey, him and, Mo, uh, Mo, hold on one second though. Bupens is as quick as Bowanga, and he had Marrera as high up the field. I don't know, but he don't yeah, want to run but, as but much. I, but if you, but I, 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 Taylor, you know for a fact, you're taking Bowanga all day. Yeah, but you're taking Bowanga. You're taking Bowanga all day on, in terms of. You guys watch the same game I did, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bupenza have had three goals. Yes or no? Yeah, he yeah, got well, in. For yeah. sure. Okay. For no, sure. No, 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 no. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, it, no, no, no. Bowanga's going to score him. Bupenza didn't, but it's the same type That's of player. The profile, same pace, same athleticism. It's just Bowanga is smarter in those moments. That's my argument. Yeah, and Bupenza so scores around that hour mark. That game's over. Uh, it's three. Yeah, games. no, no, over Taylor. Cincinnati. Taylor, I'm not. Say to Marrera, we're going to change. Everyone in the locker room is going to go. What? Yeah, what? Yeah. You can't, that's what I'm saying. You can't, but that worries me for them because LA are too dangerous up there. They're way too dangerous. Oh, I agree. That's a different point. I completely agree. Go ahead, Mo. No, I, I think you meant, <laughs> I think the way I was bringing that up, it made it sound like I was going to say they're going to change. I, no, yeah. I, they're not, they're not changing. They're not changing. They, Wilfred Nancy wants to play. It, it goes back to what you, what you talked about, where their week long prep up to a game is about them. What they yeah. do well, how they can break a team down, and then it's like, okay, let's be caught. Let's also now not lose sight of that we are playing against an opponent. So let's make sure we know what they're good at. But everything is about how can we unbalance them, how can we impose our game plan on them. And so, Morera getting forward, by the way, it's it's not like uh, it's uh, a scripted play where they're like, hey, make sure you go. It's yeah, just, just he going. has the freedom when he think when he deems it the, it's the right play to make to go ahead and make those. Meandering Which is runs about to get forward or what? Ninety-five percent of the time. Ninety-five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said, you know what? You gave me the green light. All right, <laughs> go. But but uh, how this game plays out? It's. I honestly feel. I actually I agree with a lot of what you said, Taylor. It's the counter press. That was going to be my first comment. Is that first ball when LAFC wins the ball in their defensive third? It needs to either be a forward pass that breaks the line, or it has to be a pass where you keep possession. Because the last thing you want to do is cough up the ball in a dangerous area or be on the back foot with uh, Columbus in good possessions. Because what they do well – let me make sure I say this the right way. I still look at Columbus and think they're rest defending, so their positions in when they're in possession of the ball and how they're prepping for the ball to be turned over can be better. But down this backhand, back side of the uh, – back stretch of the season, their counter-pressing has been – Lights awesome. out. It, awesome. It's it's Aiden it's Morris been, is unbelievable. At yeah. it. Aiden Morris yeah. is unbelievable at it. Yeah. You look at the goal they scored against Orlando, right? Yeah. It's yes. because of that. Yeah. I was yeah. just getting ready. I was on the call for that. I was just getting ready to give Arujo so many plods, uh, rounds of applause for the way he defended that play. But the mm. counter press came. Aiden Morris took that gamble. Said, 
I see an opportunity to win the ball back. Whether I win or not, I have to go for it. He does, and boom, it, it leads to a goal, right? And so, I mean, Matt, go ahead. I, I, the 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 ability for that trio in, in the midfield for LAFC to be on point, and they can't they can't allow themselves to get stretched because that's what yeah. Columbus want to do. They want to whether it's creating uh, an overload in a wide area to draw one of the center two, if it's Tillman and Kellen Acosta, to draw them away from Ilya Sanchez, to leave him a little bit more exposed because now you have, whether it's Matan coming a little bit more narrow, whether it's Cucho dropping in or it's Diego Rossi playing in those little spots in the half spaces, that's what they're looking to create all the time. Because once they get them in the, get them in the ball in those positions, good luck. Good luck. Just a fascinating matchup. And, and the good news for LAFC is that trio in the midfield have been superb, certainly these last two games, mm-hmm. in particular against the Dynamo. And that sets this table. I want to, one last final point here. And it was a tweet that Tom Bogert sent about what LAFC have done since they arrived in the league in 2018, uh, winning an MLS Cup, winning two Western finals, winning two supporter shields, getting to a, a CONCACAF Champions final, a Campeones Cup final, three golden boots, an MVP. Uh, even before the possibility of winning another MLS Cup. Uh, and Brad, I'll start with you. When you look at what LAFC have been able to accomplish, and you've been part of this ride, when you look at what this has accomplished and being a historian of this league, where do you, where does this, this run rank uh, to you? This is, this is right up there. This is why you see a team like St. Louis come in and, and know it's possible, come in with no fears. I've walked around that building. I know what the franchise expect of you day in, day out. I didn't think it would be this dominant this this clear but they've done a fantastic job everyone involved has got to be proud but i'm just telling you from firsthand walking around that place there's a standard there's a level there's a culture of winning it made me feel like i was almost in europe it made me feel like i was in england that was the level even how bob used to speak our videos in the week we'll be watching european teams even you know when they won when they've won stuff and what he expects from us how we can replicate this so there's a standard there that I don't see that going away for, you know, for their time, for the rest of time. It just, it's just what's ingrained in them. Mo, what do so you, how do you see it? I, so whenever I see a new franchise coming into the league, my expectancy is that they're going to raise the bar in some category, you know, whether it's how they build their fan base, um, even things down to, to as simple as like, the jersey colors, right? And how that's able to culturally attract a different audience or, or, or expose themselves to a different audience or have that crossover value to where you're actually seeing kids and adults around your city wearing their team's colors because it's, it's fashionably something special to them. But obviously the way that we judge teams is what they do on the pitch, first and foremost. For LAFC, they came in and they hit the ground running on so many of those levels that I look at, so, much, so many of those criteria marks that I look at. The way they built their fan base, 3252, absolutely incredible. I don't think I've ever been to an LAFC game where mm-hmm. I didn't leave thinking, like, this is just different. It just, there's something about this place that feels different. And that's not a flight to other stadiums around the league because I, this league has really, there's, a, there's some tremendous fan bases around the league that I really enjoy being at their stadiums and taking that in. But that's one area. I mean, their ownership group, the way that they went about acquiring players, making Carlos Vela your first signing in club history bringing in Bob Bradley to kind of really it's – a, it's a manager who knows this league, who's had success in this league, who knows the American player, who knows how to manage foreign players. So you, you – I think they ticked the right boxes early on to set an expectancy both on and off the pitch. The next step in that equation is how do you go out there and match that? Well, Supporter Shield, MVPs, MLS Cup. You know, all those things that you routed off beforehand is how you go – as you go out – and, and now tick those boxes and achieve the things that you've set out to do. And for LAFC, they're moving this league in the right direction. They're challenging every team that's come in after them to say, what are you going to do now? How are you going to raise the bar? And for LA Galaxy as well, they're saying, what's next for you? Because you've been the standard bearer in this league for so long. You've been the team that everyone has held in the highest regard. Well, we, we're your neighbor. We just came in and rocked the boat a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, we came in and, sh- and we've shaken things up and – I think when you talk to fans around this country, when you talk to fans from a global standpoint as well, LAFC have done a good job of putting themselves on a global map as well because their, their success is relevant. The players that they've had have, opened, have attracted 
whether it's European moves, he went just going to Rangers. You had Diego Rossi leave and go to go to Fenerbahce before he came. So you you had the action in the transfer market going both ways. And then yeah. again, it's just the the ability to have success. So this is a massive game for them this weekend because they'll be doing something that hasn't been done, which is repeating. They have, it hasn't been done very often in this league, which is a repeat as MLS Cup champion. But I think LAFC have a lot to be proud of. But even with that, their standard is so high that they will continue to challenge themselves internally and the fans will continue to challenge them as a club as well. Taylor, final thought? They're bold, they're brash, they're brave. They have been for the moment they set foot in Major League Soccer. So good on them, good on their ownership group, picking an identity. I feel for Bob Bradley because that 2019 team was one of the best teams I've ever covered, ever seen in person. And and they needed to get over the hump against the LA Galaxy and then the Seattle Sounders, who, quite frankly, have written the book on how to be an expansion franchise in Major League Soccer LAFC, every step along the way, they seem to be catching Seattle. But in 19, I, I feel for Bob and LAFC because that really should have been an MLS Cup appearance that year. They were that good. I just love the fact they go for it. Remember last summer, uh, two, in 2022, Steve Trondolo and John Thornton, they had to move on six, seven players and bring them in. And they were on the verge of setting a record for the regular season. They go for it. They want to be the conversation and the topic of conversation at all times, I love it. We need more teams like this in the league that have an identity, that go for it. But LAFC have, have made Major League Soccer better because they've forced accountability from other teams to be better in the moments and good on them. And if they repeat as champions since LA Galaxy did it in 11 and 12, it only makes the conversation better and El Trafico that much sweeter next year. It sure, it sure does. It's in a great place that we are in the league because of uh, Messi being named Time Man of the Year. We have his LAC potential repeat. We have his Apple TV deal and the relationship with League's Cup, and it goes on. It's such a wonderful time. I'm so glad that we're in great hands uh, having me covering this league. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I agree. Marisa Du, <laughs> Taylor Twelman, and Bradley Wright Phillips. You guys do a great job. This is an, a phenomenal pod, and I would uh, not just LAFC fans, but anyone interested in the final to check this out. It was wonderful stuff. I think every guys. LAFC fan turned it off, Max, right around the 32nd <laughs> minute we started talking about Columbus. <laughs> that was that was the spot, but I think they appreciate I think they need to know a little more about Columbus and Columbus vice versa. No. So appreciate you guys. Again, Taylor Twelman, Marisa Du, and Bradley Wright Phillips. We will be back as Ryan Hollingshead will join the podcast to get his thoughts on MLS. Company. He's only scored 17 goals since yeah. the last He's time going, we talked to him. He's going for the golden boots. We'll be back. See you later, guys. We are back here on Inside LAFC Podcast, and we welcome in one of the men of the hour, a guy who's given us so much for this podcast here in an incredible 2023. It is Ryan Hollingshead. Good to see you, Ryan. You've got to be over the moon right now. Not only making it to back-to-back MLS Cups, but being this scoring phenomenon. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, Max. Good to see you. Obviously, we're stoked. We're in an awesome spot to go to go win another cup, and uh, the guys are are flying high right now. So we got uh, one more step here in the way, but uh, everything is going to the plan at least as of now. So uh, the guys are just gearing up, getting ready to give everything we can for this uh, this next ninety minutes. I know I speak to so many who support or work with LAFC and uh, another incredible year with so many great memories, in particular the last couple of weeks, which has culminated in winning the Western Conference Championship. It is the first trophy. There were so many trophies on offer. We'll talk about some of those close calls, but you're able to finish it and you've set the table to win the big one here in a week. Uh, just this playoff run, it's and I will have a moment here where we'll compare it to 2022. But this playoff run, if you, you look at the challenges, the game plan to execute it where you've done such a great job where you had to get by Vancouver in two games, the big break, win at Seattle, and then take care of business uh, at Houston. Looking back, where were those, those key moments to make sure that the path would continue on to this point? Yeah, it's hard in the playoffs in this league, especially every moment is key. Any one of those teams can can come in and, and upset us or, or take us out of our game in, in playoffs. It's just like 
who wants it more, who's going to, you know, what ball is going to bounce the right way. Uh, so many things can happen. So uh, I think what I respect so much about this club here and, and the guys is, is we didn't take any club lightly. We were ready to go from minute one against Vancouver, uh, even though it's a, you know, two legs that you got to win and potentially three games and this whole new format and all that stuff. The guys were just ready to go from, from the get go. And then, uh, going up to Seattle, an incredibly tough place to play, especially in the playoffs, and to have the performance we had there with the grit that we had, I think, again, just showed uh, the different ways that we can win games. And I think that's that's been a huge uh, addition to the team this year is not just winning games by letting our attack uh, uh, dominate other teams' defenses and win, you know, 4-2. A lot of games last year that we were winning with just high score lines and this year we've been really, really good defensively, so solid, so gritty, able to just uh, uh, grind out some wins when we've had to. And so you just put all that together and then, you know, and then a, a Houston team right now that's been in amazing form, playing some of the best football they've played since I've been in the league, honestly. Uh, and so to, to come home and beat them 2-0, another, another shutout, it's just like all those, all those games, we offered a little something different. LAFC showed a little bit different what they can do in each of those games and all of them show combined who we are as a team, who we are as a club and, and hopefully what we can do in the, in the final coming up. Everyone really wants it. And I, I love what you said it. you want it more. And we've seen that in the playoffs. And I would, I would say it applies to your goal scoring prowess, three playoff goals. And I mean, I think you said it after the game, it's about being in the right position. And that one, the ball came off Steve Clark. And then before anyone can react, it's it's there in the back of the net off your foot. Uh, how, how do you approach those those moments, set pieces or other, where you can get into a goal-scoring opportunity because you continue to put up big numbers offensively for a defender? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it is a little bit about being in the right place at the right time for sure, but you've got to know the right places to be, right? You can't just, uh, you can't just be hanging out in the box and hope the ball is going to fall to you. And so it's, knowing your opponents. Uh, I think I said this in the press conference after the game. It's like, I've, I've played against Steve Clark in this league for a long time, played against a Houston team, you know, being in Dallas before this, the, played against this Houston team so many times. Uh, and so you put all that together and it's like, you start to just see little spaces where it's like, okay, there might be a rebound here on a goal. There might be a, a space to sneak in behind here. And you start kind of putting that together. So you know, I pride myself in finding good spots in the box and, and love to love to get in on a, a set piece goal. So um, it is crazy to think about the the goals that have been scored in the postseason. Uh, it's not my main goal. My main goal is the shutouts. And and we've been getting those as well, which is which is huge. But man, in playoffs, we've said this from like from day one, set pieces are huge. And if we can change the game off a set piece, we're ready to do it. And, and I'm ready to uh, to be a part of that. So um, you can really put teams away in playoffs with set piece goals. That game was obviously, it changed with that set piece. But is, by the way, I know you're, it's the defensive wherewithal, and we're going to talk about it. But certainly you've had to remind Denny Buwanga that you're creeping up to his bumper with regards to playoff goals. He has four, you have three. What if, yeah, what if at the end of MLS Cup you have, say, five, and you have more than Denny? Yeah, I told him even if I tie, if I score in the final and we tie 4-4, I told him he has to give me the golden boot and I'll hold on to the trophy for him. So uh, we'll see if I can, <laughs> we can make that happen. If it does happen, let us know. We want to film it and make a big ceremony out of it. So it would be very cool. Uh, the defense has been phenomenal. And the old adage, defense wins championships. I mean, it's cliche, but it is applying to you guys. 320 minutes without conceding a goal. Seattle, you did it in a certain way um, with Maxime Crapo making some big saves. Houston didn't really have those chances. We always hear about, you know, we give the credit to certain people on the defensive side. We know that it is key that everyone defends. How has the defensive game plan fallen into place for you guys in this postseason? Well, I think it's been there. And I think the defenders we have, the squad that we have, even our, you know, central midfielders, they just defend and work like crazy. And our wingers, you know, I think about guys like Denis, golden boot winner. And this guy is defending uh, so hard. He's working both sides of the ball. Kike, same, uh, you know, Oliver, same. So having a squad like that, that works both sides of the ball is, is huge, huge, huge. But I think it's shown too that we've just had this the whole 
year and it's different in playoffs when you get to focus one game per week you know winner move on loser go home yeah you've just got everything on the line everybody's showing up 100 percent to play it's just so different than the regular season with all these side tournaments and with all these midweek games and everybody's injured and hurt and there's you know you're playing every game at 80 percent because you've got a knock on some part of your body your ankles hurt your knees are swollen whatever you know and so then you get the playoffs where it's like okay you've got one game a week you're everybody's at a hundred percent ready to play and you say this is who we are this is who lafc is with our you know when we put our best foot forward and i think you can just see how dangerous we are and so uh, the guys have felt that all year long, and I know I've been saying that in podcasts and interviews and everything, that the talent we have on this team is just is just next level. And so when you're able to see that talent come out at full force, there's just no way to, to stop it. So uh, what you can't do now is get complacent. What you can't do is say we've gone 320 minutes without a goal and it's just too easy type of thing. You have to double down. You have to put in the same performance for the cup final and, and go win this thing. So uh, I know the guys will be ready to do that, um, but you just got to be careful. A lot was made about the possession numbers. In Seattle, we knew Seattle likes to possess, and you caught them on transition. They left you there. We weren't sure about the Houston, but it, it, it followed a somewhat similar game plan, and you kind of went a little viral about your tiki-taki comment uh, with the dynamo. But, I mean, it really – that was their dangerous part of the game. Even as a visitor, Herrera – and uh, Karaskia and Basi being able to open things up, specifically with that Dynamo defensively, did that feel like it's something where you're like, we we know how to defend this, and this may this will kind of fall into a category where it could be a good matchup if we execute this game plan where we'll let them possess. Yeah, and I, I said this in the the press uh, conference after the match that uh, how frustrating it is for a team to feel like they're playing phenomenal football, right? They have the ball the whole time, lots of good combination play, really good movement, but they're just going nowhere, and they're doing it all in their defensive third, uh, and that's just not what wins you football games. You've got to score goals. You've got to get into the opponent's attack, and – they were just unable to do that. I do not, you know, I, I can count on one hand their dangerous chances for the game. And so uh, that is strategic from us. And it's just a it's just a knowledge of what it takes to win in these moments that I think separates separates us in, in that game. Seattle is a little bit different. Seattle is is not so much of the game plan of sitting back, uh, but more of like we have the lead. They love to attack the space in behind. They want to use their speed of their front three guys. And if you take that away from them by sitting back a little bit deeper, who's going to break you down? You know, who's going to cut you through the midfield? Who's going to, uh, you know, connect passes in the middle of the, the box or they're attacking third? It's just like they don't really have that guy. Uh, and so it was just kind of like, it just happened. It wasn't so much of a game plan. Um, so the games, they're all a little bit different, but I guess – Maybe what I would say then for that is us sniffing out what is it going to take to win this game and, and doing that. A penny for your thoughts about Giorgio Chiellini. He, he doesn't look like uh, his age. And I, I can imagine if you asked him, he's got, he's probably heavily iced. But he he's played on the, the artificial surface. He has played in this important game. What has he done? What has he brought to this effort in this postseason and the experience and all that he brings to the table, making part of the difference here for LAFC. Yeah, this guy is so good. I mean, he is his age, his the way the amount of games this guy has played, the amount of games on his body is just unbelievable. And he still is competing at just the highest of levels. Um, he maybe doesn't have the sprint speed the same. He maybe doesn't have kind of this athleticism the same, but he knows the game perfectly well. Uh, he, he's, he's moving the pieces exactly how he wants to. He's the best center back I've ever seen with using his body. It's just, it's hilarious watching these, you know, MLS strikers trying to look over their shoulder to locate him, to try to put a body on him. And he's just laughing in his head and, you know, winning every header. So, uh, there's just this sort of experience that he has, 
uh, that sets him apart. But then I've, I've said this as well. It's what he does inside the locker room. I mean, he's got a group of guys here in this locker room that just love him, that will do anything for him. He is just interacting with every single player, sharing what he knows about the game, sharing what he thinks it's going to take to win. Um, and so when you have a guy like that, a leader in your back line that is connecting all of the pieces, bringing all of the guys together, it's it's hard to put a value on that. Um, so I've I've really enjoyed playing with him. He's He's been definitely on the top of the list of players I've ever played with. Uh, just because of his love for the game, his knowledge of the game, his love for his teammates. I mean, from day one, this guy came in, just what can I do to help? I want to be a part of this. So, A beautiful human being, no doubt about it. It's been great to see him have certainly this moment here in these playoffs. I want to talk about the season, uh, which was like none other. And we, you, you touched on it about just the hurdles to have to clear. And how amazing it could have been because you had the CONCACAF Champions Final, you had the Campeones Cup Final, and you were competitive in those games. And there was the League's Cup quarterfinals. And then the, this is going to be game 53 on Saturday. You were at the All-Star game. I mean, you're, did you, was there a moment where you're like, I mean, knowing that you could be refreshed and healthy this time of the year, but a moment in the summer you're like, this is overwhelming. Yeah, it's crazy. And, um, and it's so out of the the normal rhythm of the MLS. You know, I've been in the league for a long time, and it was like this year for some reason it was uh, the extra leagues cup games. The for me it was making the All Star game. It was like going making a really long run in the Champions League, getting to the final. You know, playing all of those games. It was just all of that combined in one year where you go from a non Concacaf uh experience for a couple of years for me and to a year with CONCACAF with Open Cup with Leagues Cup with just all of these things added on and it was brutal you know it's just so hard on your body and and you can see it in moments throughout the season where it's like the guys are just exhausted the the league doesn't allow rosters to be super deep here uh with their kind of salary constraints uh it's just hard to fight through all of that stuff so uh, the mentality here has been amazing. There's not been a guy complaining once about any of this. It's just like, hey, I'll give you everything I've got. I don't know how much I have, but I'll give you everything. And if you need me starting again, I'm ready to go and I'll give it all. Uh, and so the mentality has been good, but um, I don't know. I don't know if you change. I don't know what you change. I don't know how you kind of handle it, uh, but it has been just difficult. And so to get, again, to get to this moment where you're sitting in front of a cup final to go lift the MLS cup, it's like, it would just make it all worth it. All the the ups and downs of this year would be worth it for, uh, you know, to, to get to lift this trophy. It has to be fulfilling, though, for a player to, to have gone through that process and now to, at the back end of it, still keep above water because a lot of clubs that have gone through what you did haven't made an MLS Cup. Never. I don't think there is one that has done it. Is, is there some sort of satisfaction saying, I've been through that, I know what it's like? Yeah, I think so. It's just like any obstacle you can overcome. It's it's that feeling of I've overcome adversity, I've overcome the obstacle, and we've made it to where we've set out to be, you know, and that just always, always feels good. Uh, the league has slowed down a little bit, though. The last month and a half, the games have been more spread out. There was a big international break, and that was kind of what I was saying up front. We finally got that time to let our bodies heal, get back to 100%, and then when you have – LAFC on the field at a hundred percent with their guys. It's just so hard to, to break us down and so hard to beat us. So uh, that's been helpful getting, getting that, uh, getting that back, getting some of that, you know, mental break, some of that physical break, letting our bodies recover has been huge. So now you're chasing history back to back MLS cups, which is very rare, which is very rare for a club, very rare for a player to one, two. Uh, it, is there something different in Ryan Hollingshead from chasing that first cup to win at, and now, okay, I have that cup, and how you have to calibrate your mind and your body to try and do it again, and the, and the process and how, what that brought out in you in a player to know, uh, hey, this is, winning is great. This is something different and rare. Yeah. Uh... I think there's a couple of things. The first thing is, yeah, you know, the feeling of it, right? We won it last year. We know how good that felt. We know the joy that comes from 
looking through a season and saying we put everything in and we got to the pinnacle like we got to the top we won it we lifted the trophy that feeling in sports is there's nothing better so i think having that and being able to look back on that and say let's do it again gives you even a little bit more motivation because it's not this unknown like oh what's it going to be like it's we know exactly what it's like and it's the best feeling in the world let's let's get there uh the other thing is we're there we're one game away so um, we put ourselves in, you know, through all of the struggle of the season, through all of these playoff games to get to this point. Now let's go win it. And then the final point I think too, for us is, is you always want to be remembered winning a cup. You're remembered forever for winning a cup, but winning back to back, it's like, you're starting a legacy for a club that, uh, will just etch your name in history forever. And so for me, there's even a little bit more of the, uh, gosh, I just want to put myself in a different category. I want these guys, this club to put itself in a different category, not just the, like I've won an MLS cup category. Now we can take that even next step, which is a dynasty sort of step. Um, and so I know that's what the guys are looking for. That's very exciting, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> the one thing that's different though, you said you went through it. You had to go on the road this time. Everything was at home. Well, what has it been like that? You're going to be in Seattle. You went to Seattle, which is one of the toughest places to play. And now you're going to go to Columbus, which is a very tough place to play. How has that changed you as you prepare for a very good, a team that deserves to be there in Columbus crew? And and that dynamic that has changed uh, from 2023 that you didn't have to do in 22. Yeah, we've been talking about that a little bit this week with just all the preparation for travel and, and packing everything up and getting the planes out there and all that stuff. It is different. We had it really nice last year, being able to have the whole run at home in front of our, you know, 3252 in front of our home crowd at, at BMO. Like, uh, it was almost a little bit too good to be true last year. But what we've done this year already is proven that we can win in the toughest stadiums on the road in the playoffs in the big moments. And so... Um, I'm glad that we've had this chance to do that. I'm glad we already had to go on the road once to win, to get to where we are now. Puts us in a perfect spot to know, one, that we can do it, uh, and two, that for 90 minutes, you know, anything can happen. On the road is uh, – on the road in the regular season is a grind. On the road in the playoffs and the MLS Cup final is like you're ready to go. You're pumped. It's the good stuff. It's the good stuff. Exactly. So <laughs> it's uh, nothing will fuel you more than the opposing crowd yelling at you. And uh, yeah, we're ready. We're ready. Let's uh, let's go do it. And you will be supported 500 plus supporters uh, and LAFC employees. There will be taking over Columbus. So look yeah, for them. Exactly. Yeah, it's amazing. Look, the I'm going to make some bird sounds in the crowd. Look for me. Oh, you're going to be there? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I want you there. Come on, let's go. Let's, let's go. We'll do the podcast next week after we win it. We'll uh, we'll celebrate together. All right. Okay, we'll have to do it in a very festive environment. But, Ryan, uh, as always, you bring so much to our podcast. I think you've done it three or four times at the least. And every time you bring such good stuff. Best of luck in your preparations. And uh, we'll see you out there in Columbus. Max, thanks, man. Appreciate it. See you out there. Ryan Holling said, one of the great ones. That's it for Inside LAFC Podcast, our MLS Cup edition. Uh, make sure if you're getting out there, uh, keep warm. And if you're not being able to get out there, you can watch the game on MLS Season Pass free on Apple TV and over the air on Fox, 1 o'clock Pacific time. We will have that show afterwards to wrap it all up. LAFC going for the MLS Cup in 2023. That's all the time we have. We'll see you soon. Thank you.